Uh, it is, I am delighted actually to uh, share the 4th of July with you. I've never been invited to speak anywhere on the 4th of July. I've been invited to be quiet, uh, you know, in some places where I was speaking. But, um, but you know, uh, the truth is we, we celebrate um, an incredible event in human history. I mean, the, the, the geniuses that were, and, and, and Jefferson gets credit for the declaration, but uh, there were about five authors and uh, he does the final edit, he and Franklin. And uh, just um, what it represents in terms of human development. Um, I mean, in, in, when you read it, if you, if you have it for a while, uh, don't do it if you're sleepy, um, because it goes on and on and on. But uh, it's a list of grievances. Uh, it's a lot of things. It's a, it's a rationale for why a country, it's a, um, it's an aspiration. It's an already but not yet realized future for human beings. Uh, in, in short, really, the Declaration of Independence, I think, is a declaration of hope. It's not yet what it's, we're going to be, but it is a, an idea that captures our imagination to the point we're willing to give, they were willing to give their lives, and people still are. And we're all willing to, to work to, toward realizing this dream. In fact, I, when I think about hope, um, I, I would, uh, and, and that's, that's really what, I mean, our country, uh, no one needs to rehearse for you the challenges we face as a country. But what we really need is a narrative of hope to come sweeping over our nation to over to heal our uh, divisions and and to believe again, and uh, I, I remember uh, during the last shuttle uh, launch, uh, to, I was speaking down in Orlando. We were, I wasn't I wasn't at the Cape, but I took everybody out to the pool uh, for and, and saw the shuttle. Uh, I've never done that, and and I thought good. And I stood there and I just cried. I think. I said, you know, a people that can do that, you know, strap people to a bullet, you know, <laughs> and shoot them off into space and then bring them back, you know, uh, from, I mean, it's, it was a, a, a people like that could do that can do anything if there's enough political will and consensus around what we need to do. So I have hope still. Don't listen to the news today. Do yourself a favor. It's not news anyway. It's somebody's idea of what you ought to think, uh, whether, uh, you know, and, and I'm tired of people telling me what to think, uh, you know, uh, and you just wish I would think, uh, you know, to get through this. But, you know, but, but hope is, America still stands for hope in the world. And um, I mean, it still stands for um, a, a dream, not yet realized, and not realized by everyone equally. That's human, that's, that's history. That's how it happens. But this dream that we all help each other to a better future. In fact, when I talk to people these days, I ask them, where, where, does, where do you think hope comes from? In fact, I ask people about their hopes and their dreams. You know, when I was uh, you know, growing up, I was told to start God conversations, you know, spiritual conversations with people with stuff like, you know, you're going to go to hell and fry like sausage. And, 
and, and, and that just didn't carry the conversation very far. Not that many people were interested in finding out the details. Um, and, and, but today when I start spiritual conversations with people, I often start with what are your hopes and dreams? Because, see, if we were, ju- if we had, were just animals that had climbed out of the primordial ooze, I don't think we would dream of a better world. I don't think we would have an idea that things can be better than they are. I don't think we would have this horizon in our minds that acts like a North Star pulling us toward the betterment for ourselves and for fellow human beings. I think hope is an echo of the kingdom of God. I think it is God's way of putting in us who bear his image this dream that he had for creation and this dream that he has for you. And so I, on this 4th of July, as we celebrate the hope of our country, I want to celebrate the hope of our other, our other citizenship, which is to be the people of God in his kingdom. Now, when I talk about the kingdom of God, and Gene, let's, let's go there. Yeah, when I talk about the kingdom of God, I don't mean some kind of geographical something, some political entity or whatever. I really, you know, Jesus made it plain to Pilate, my kingdom's not of this world. Uh, The kingdom for me is all about life. Life is God intends. You see, life is that statement of hope from God. He decides to share that because all life comes from God. I mean, he is the giver, he is the source. In fact, I remember when I... um, we have a new grandbaby, uh, just uh, two months and a week old. And when I held Madeline for the first time, um, my thought was, I'm holding a being, a creature, who will never cease to exist. I mean, I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, you've never dealt with a mere mortal. I mean, if we are made in God's image, we were built to last. People are built to last, not nations. Not companies, not even, you know, but, but people. Everyone in this room exists forever. You're already on your eternal journey. It is a remarkable fact. But God had in mind not just a length of days, but a quality of your life. And I think in the Bible, this, that's why the life is, is the recurrent theme throughout. I mean, we start the Bible in a garden with a tree of life in the middle of the garden. When Eden is disintegrated, God sends an angel to stand guard over that tree because he's not going to let life be extinguished. That was, the, that was his gift. It's, it's not, he, he does not recall it. At the end of the book, we're in the city of God with a river of life flowing down through it, trees of life on both sides with fruit never goes out of season, you know, meaning the eternality of that. And in the middle of all of that, Jesus comes to the planet and he says the most remarkable thing that's ever been uttered, I think, from human lips, I am the life. You see, Jesus didn't just come to, you know, get us reconciled and forgive us. He came to show us the life that God intends. The way Jesus went about his life, how he dealt with people, uh, the way that he ministered, the way that the gifts that he shared, the teaching that he gave, all of that is demonstrating the kingdom to us. 
And so his, his, you know, in other words, God, the kingdom saga, the story of the kingdom is the extraordinary lengths God will go to to make sure we have access to the life that he intends for us, even to the point that he comes to the planet, wraps himself in flesh and says, here, let me show you what I had in mind. You see, as the people of God, we are supposed to be like Jesus in the sense we're supposed to be abundant thinkers. We start with, well, what do we have to work here? Let's, let's deal with these loaves and fish. And we got 12, you know, feed 5,000 people. And 12. We're supposed to be abundant. We're supposed to be healers. We're supposed to be people of peace. We're supposed to be people of truth and people of justice and people, all of the stuff that the kingdom stands for because Jesus actually lived this out for us so, we could, so that we could uh, you know, understand the, the depth of life that God intended for us. Which means that every aspect of life God is interested in. Not just our spiritual lives, but he's interested in our physical, our economics, our mental health, uh, you know, our emotional health, relational health. Everything about life, the entire spectrum, bandwidth of human existence is, is what the king is concerned with. Because it all adds to a quality of life. In fact... When that lawyer asked Jesus the question, or the scribe asked Jesus the question, you know, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You see, I grew up thinking eternal life is something that starts when this life is over. It's not. That word literally is about a quality of life. And so Jesus says, you want to really live? I mean, this, it starts right now. And all of us are already on that eternal journey. It's a quality that God had in mind. That, you know, love God, love our neighbors. and you know, everything else, probably just religious talk, but you, you, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of, of living it out. Now, okay, so how does the church fit into that since we're all gathered here as the church? Well, I think that what's interesting about this kingdom advance that God has is he's decided, Gene, let's go ahead and put that slide up so I'll remember what I'm supposed to talk about. Um, me too, me too, baby, me too. <laughs> She caught one look of that face. <clears throat> She's holding the face. No wonder she's in a trauma. My gosh, we need medics. Um, yeah, that's, that's a call for you, I think. Help that child. And it's a good way to get out of this. You're thinking, if it helps you, I'm about 55% of the way through this message. So how do we fit into that? I think, first of all, we see ourselves, and COVID taught us this again, church is not a building. Church is not an institution. The church is not a religion. I mean, Jesus didn't come to establish a religion. We did that. Um, but, you know, the, the church, we are the people of God. It's that simple, but it's that profound. And that has content to it. You know it well because you cite it all the time. Because that goes all the way back to Genesis 12. What does it mean to be the people of God? It means to be people who are blessed, who in turn bless other people. It's that simple. Blessed to be a blessing, you say here at Hillspring. I don't know where you got that. But I think you should keep saying it. Because it happens to be the premier, it happens to be the way 
that we present ourselves to the world that can get any kind of traction. More on that in just a little bit. But we're the people of God, and let's go ahead and roll the rest of that up. Partnering with him, because he's invited us to, Gene, hit the next line as well, in his redemptive mission. And what this means is that when, when the kingdom, what God is doing is, is and he's invited us to participate. We are an invasion force. See, Josie prayed for all of our soldiers who are looking after liberty. We, and, and not to sound imperialistic about this, but the truth of the matter is, I grew up with an idea that the church is just trying to hang on to what we have. That's not what Jesus meant when he said the gates of hell won't be able to stand against you because the enemy's not coming with us marching with gates. I mean, we're storming the gates of hell. See, people who want to bless other people, we're, we are trying... Literally, we our mission is to retake everything that hell has stolen. Hell stole, and the, the king of anti-life stole the dream. We got to get it back. He keeps whispering <clears throat> a narrative of despair. We've got to be people of hope. He keeps People in bondage through mental anguish and stuff. We're supposed to be people who care about the mental health of folks around us. On and on, everything, sexual or uh, exploitation, uh, economic disparities, all of the stuff that, we, that is, we're, we are supposed to be the people on the front edge of saying, we're going to fix this. That's not right. There's a better way. I think the church is the only thing in America that can elevate the conversation. But can I just tell you, no one's listening to us. Fewer and fewer people because we're caught up in our institutionalism. And I'm suggesting to you today that we, uh, and, uh, that, that we figure out a way, and COVID helped us. God didn't cause COVID, but God can use COVID. Helped us to understand that it's not about our gathering. It's not about our, that, that, is our, that our real signature presence in the world is to partner with God to take back what hell so, so helping people live better lives across the whole experience. When you, when you do your mobile food, what do you call that? Mobile market. When you give money to the stuff that you do, when you help a kid learn to read, when you fix a bicycle so someone has transportation, when you do all of these things and you're going to do more, because I will tell you, if we don't do more and if you don't do more, then we're going to continue to see a decline in our nation that I think will be accelerated. By the way, in case you, you know, we're, we're now under 50% for the first time in, in, since Gallup's been taking numbers. Uh, 47% of Americans now is all that claim a membership in any religious anything. It's the first time it's dipped below 50%. And it, most of that decline has come in the last 21 years. And so, you know, we're saying, so that's, that's with us having the best churches we've ever had. That's, that's with us having churches that spout off, you know, fountains and, and shoot off fireworks and, and have movable seats and have really great, you know, uh, coffee, finally. And, uh, 
who have, you know, smoke machines and, and all this stuff. I mean, you know, we got, we've spent billions as, and to what? With a decline. Well, the only way to turn that around is for us to gain the attention by being the, the premier servants of the right, the good, the true, the hope. It's the only way, it's the only ticket we have back into the party. And so when I, uh, you know, I, I mean, I could pretend other stuff that if you'll just figure out the right music and when to have the right worship services, all, you, no, Hill Springs Influence, you've got one shot and it's for people to say, those people up there care about our community and they serve our community. That's how the early church grew before we settled down into congregations. And that's the only chance we have in America. See, I sound apocalyptic on the 4th of July. But it's because if we, as the, if the people of God don't get this, no one else is going to get this. Well, I think I've got one more slide. And that should give you hope that we finally get out. Because Peter said we ought to be able to give an answer for the hope that's in us. And do it with a certain kind of character, gentleness and respect, not bullhorning people, but loving people in such obvious ways that people say, who in the world are those people? Now, by the way, if you think I'm asking you to do something weird, I'm not. You might. You've done weirder things than hold my face up. But uh, <laughs> if you'll do that, probably you'll do anything. Um, we do have a burning of that, right? Uh, all of those. We collect all of those or I will sue you <laughs> for use of my image without permission. I mean, you, you gave a new meaning to Facebook. Uh, <laughs> thank you for, never mind. I'm just ready to get out of these long pants. I'm the only guy up here in long pants. I'm sick and tired of the way I'm being treated. All right, um, and, and your pastor told me you should wear long pants. I think it's because he'd seen my legs. Um, cover up as much as possible. So, so what was I talking about? Hope. Uh, hope, yeah. Hope I remember. Um, I guess I'm, I'm pleading with you on this day when we celebrate the freedoms that we have, that we be sure to check off the freedom to serve, the freedom to love, the freedom to partner with God in the biggest deal going. You pray it every week around here. It really is God's will that that his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You pray it. Now we got to live it. And many of you do, but I hope you take today as a a chance to say, you know, as we love that neighbor, as we do that unselfish act of kindness, as we sacrifice and give something away that's precious to us so somebody else can have a little more of of what they need, We are partners with God. We are sluice gates for his kingdom to pour into this world.
And a final thought is that Jesus was far more, see, I grew up thinking that Jesus just came to make sure that he could punch our ticket to heaven. I will tell you, and he, he did, and he does, but he was far more interested in bringing heaven to earth than he was just getting earthlings to heaven. So we are the people of the here and the now, people of hope. 